We now bring you a special report from the Transylvania News Department. Count Dracula has ordered the world's leading monsters to come to his castle immediately. This conference on the night before Halloween only confirms the rumor from an unimpeachable source that Halloween is in danger of disappearing forever. Who conceived this diabolical scheme? Some experts believe that Count Dracula himself is behind this threat to end Halloween. How dare they suggest such a thing? Halloween is my national holiday! Hey everyone ever, and welcome to 20th Century Pop, the show where we try to understand the present while living in the past. My name is Tim Blevins. And I am Bob Canning. And Tim, I don't know what you're going to do when you go to edit this and prepare it to uh, be aired out into the world, but sir, that was like the fastest opening from chit-chat to opening that we've ever done. Was that tight? That was very tight. We were chit-chatting, we were making the jokes, we were... We were off uh, off the record, so to speak. Um, what jokes? And then you said, let's do this, and then boom, you went right into it. There was no pause, and I loved it. Well done. I want to say that I'm a seasoned professional. I, I think I'm drunk, and I just <laughs> want to get this done before I have to pee. <laughs> I'm not drunk. I wouldn't do the show drunk, because nobody wants to hear that. I found no. out that nobody wants to hear that. Yeah. We've done that. How many times have we done that? Uh, twice? It sounds like we're bragging, and, and that's lame. I don't like it when people spend a lot of the show promoting how they do things poorly. Like, we've got the worst sound, there's a cat running through here, and nobody's buying our Red Bubble t-shirts. Like, that's just, we have coasters. Oh, but come on, Tim, you do that all the time. You talk about our, our lack of listeners, usually at the end and beginning of the show. That's honesty, I think. Sure. Because I think when people are like, oh, I'm too drunk to do this, they're really bragging. They're saying, like, look at me, mm. I drink. It's like, we can tell you drink, it sucks. Right. We can tell it drinks. Your child is in the car with the windows rolled up. We know. The car is still moving. We can see it. You're drunk. Stop telling everyone. They're doing this on a podcast? Yeah. It's called Kids in Cars. <laughs> it's I-N, but the I is small. It looks like an apostrophe. All right. Well, I'm glad that I don't listen to podcasts. Yeah, I have a lot of time. But this podcast that I appreciate the listeners listening to. Plural. Plural. <laughs> It's the start of our October. What happens in October, Bob? Well, a lot of people treat the entire month of October as the month of Halloween, even though it happens once at the end. A lot of people love it, though. They like to bring out their gear, their decorations, their, their, gear. their scary like, like movies. Like ropes and traps? Ghost yeah. traps? Like ecto gear? Sure. And, and then, you know, the, those inflatable yard things. I walked past one the other day that was a black cat... That could turn its head. It had to be at least eight feet tall. People like that stuff. And if people like that, Lowe's Business is your place to go for inflatable cats with rotating heads. Lowe's Business. I love it. We've got sponsors. Yeah, some of the biggest ones. Congratulations, um, us. <clears throat> Are you decorating your house? Oh, my God. <laughs> we were doing well. Now it's like... What's wrong with that question? Like, oh, it feels like it's over coffee morning banter. Like, so you decorate. Like, if we had a segment coming up. That was about, you know, how to turn those discarded face masks into ghosts, you know, or how to turn the souls of those not wearing the masks into ghosts. You know, if that was our next segment, then then this would be a worthwhile piece of. Well, I won't. I won't answer the question then. Let's move on to something else. But are you decorating your house for how long? You're not. No, we usually we have in the past, but since there's no trick or treating. Um, in our area this year, we're, I don't think we're really going to 
deck it out. Stark reminders of the time we're in. And if it gets too stark, why not hook up a Lowe's floodlight from your backyard from our friends at Lowe's Department. What is Lowe's? It's a, to make this work, I should really know what it is. It's a funny sounding place. It's not a business. What did you say before? Lowe's Business or Lowe's? Lowe's Business Corporation in LLC? (laughs) I don't know. It's It's, it's it's a hardware, it's a hardware store. Ladies love cool. Lowe's Lumber and Hardware or something like that. I am not a handy man. And I am not a good co-host today. This blows. So why don't we get moving? Sure, let's do it. Since we are talking. You can uh, cut all this out, Tim, because you are a good editor. Some people don't always want that in a host, though. (laughs) They might want it behind the scenes, but they they don't need an episode. You can be more than one thing. No, you can be. But I'm saying, like, when I'm listening to something, if I'm thinking, hmm, I bet the editor is doing, (laughs) is really earning some overtime from that Patreon, then, you know, I'm probably not enjoying the show. Mm. Good point. What are we going to, what are we going to do this month of Halloween? On, That's uh, what I just said. This is basically what century. I just. Now you're doing. Is that what you stuff. said? I was trying to get back. I don't know where you're going to make the cut. <laughs> Maybe you cut that part out. I was giving you another in. <laughs> Good to have some ins to cut them out. <laughs> um, but yes, October. That's where the segue would go. <laughs> and if your segue is running a little slow or flat, why not check out the vast, vast segue wheel selection? At Lowe's Mall of America. What is that? It's a it's a hardware store, so it's just called Lowe's. It's yeah. a chain or it's a franchise? Uh, isn't, I guess it's a chain because I don't think it's – I don't think they have local owners of Lowe's. I think Lowe's it's, is so, – So it's like a Home Depot, but it's called Lowe's. It's exactly that. Do they do food? They, they uh, usually have some food like a, or a stand near the Lowe's. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, it wasn't a good idea. It was the second drink. <laughs> you don't have to drink it. You've only just poured it. No, it's gone. Oh, okay. No. So, yes. No, that was not a good idea. My skill was top heavy. I kind of, prior to recording is where my skill was. But uh, the last couple of years, that's, this is what we'll do. We'll go into this. And sure. And pretend that didn't happen. The last couple of years, we've... <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, I'm good. I'm good. The last couple years. What have we done the last few years on this podcast? See, I, where do I cut with that, though? What, what's deleted? <laughs> you, or is that how it starts? It's, a, it's an image of you, and you're holding your head in terror, and you're saying, what have we done these last couple <laughs> years? Like, you're suddenly realizing the amount of time I've sacrificed oh my God. to recording this bullshit conversation about Snoopy's Southwath <laughs> camel, or whatever it is we're going to talk about. I do look at my Facebook memories and, and see something from three years ago, four years ago, and be like, holy shit, we've been doing this for four years? Well, we've been doing it for three, but whatever we were doing in 2016, that's great too. Probably, hey, how could anything go wrong? I think is what I was saying around this time in 2016. Every Halloween, every October, every October, that's, oh my God, how do we do this? No, every October, that's how you do it. Do you want to do it? If you know how to do it. No, I don't know how to do it. Okay, then that fills me with confidence in no one. Today, what I thought we would talk about, we've we've done different segments on the show before. We've done a segment in the past called, um, how did I miss this? How did I not tape this? What's it called? How how did I miss this? How did I miss this? And I picked something that I'm not, I was not familiar with. Were you familiar with what we were talking about today? No, not in the least. You have introduced it to me this, this, uh, this holiday season. 
Which is surprising because a lot of people apparently grew up with this. When you look online and you read reviews, this uh, we're, we're, we're talking today about a special that, and we can record this twice, might be called um, the Halloween that almost, almost wasn't. And while the link I sent you to watch it, that's what it was called. The actual title card, I think, may have said the night that Dracula saved the world. Yeah. It's a live-action TV special. It originally aired on October 28th, 1979. And the way people seem to remember it is, I guess it aired a lot um, on the Disney Channel from like 1983 up until like the mid-90s. And that, that answers the question for me right there. How did I miss this? I didn't have the Disney Channel. Is this the kind of special you would have watched? Uh, I think so. I think I would have come across it and stayed on it. It, it has... Uh, we haven't said too much about it yet, except for its name. It has Dracula, obviously. But yeah, it has, what is, real it has quick, her, just in case people haven't seen it, what is the basic setup of the special? Knowing that it's live action, which I think is key to this discussion. Well, the thing that would have brought me to it had I known it existed is the universal monster. So you've got your Dracula, Frankenstein, mummy, werewolf, um, a witch, and a zombie for some reason. Um and I would say a witch for some reason, which I'm happy is there. Is that historically a universal monster? A is, witch? Is no, a witch? witch is just sort of a generic, you know, Halloween figure. It's also the sole female character, which I think is pretty vital. To this special, yeah. Like, I, I think there was, they were going for something here um, in some respects with the the witch and what her demands are. Essentially, the it's it's a little hard to explain. It's not hard to explain the plot. Yeah, I was going to say, I can. I just thought, let's give it to you. Yeah, it's it's essentially uh, Dracula learns that for some reason there's a rumor going around that he is responsible for bringing an end to Halloween for some reason. And Dracula loves Halloween. It's his favorite night. It's his night to shine. And so he needs to stop it's that. It's his national holiday, he says. Uh, is that what point. he says? It's his yeah, national it's holiday. it's not a national holiday the way it's being treated, but okay. Um, and so he needs to stop. Stop the stopping of Halloween from happening. He figures out who's behind it and struggles the rest of the special to to um, change it. And as often is the case in specials like this, it's it's the children that actually save the day and Halloween goes on as planned. It's the Halloween season. We know that Halloween has ghosts and tombstones and costumes. What do you go to a special for? When I was a kid, I would go to these things for a little little light scare and and some laughs. You know, that's what I thought I would see in, in these specials as a kid. There are various specials in the past that I definitely gravitated to. What distinguishes, or one of the things that distinguishes this special from 1979 right off the bat is it's live action. Yeah. It's not cartoony. It's not animated. It's not designed well, to look a certain way. You're saying it's not cartoony. I think there's a cartooniness to it. I oh, really? Oh, sure. Like a laughable cartoony angle. I uh, think yes. For a, for a child, there is a there are several laughable cartoony moments. I mean, Dracula. But these are monsters. That, the, for example, this is Dracula. They're a monsters. Vampire. They're monsters, but they're even like a sub level of. They're not scary in the least. You've got, you, come on, Tim, you've got the bat flying into a closed window and then turning into Dracula with a smushed face up against a window. Turning that, into Dracula that's, or turning into TV's Judd Hirsch? Into TV's Judd Hirsch, who is playing Dracula. And by the way, 
I'm not a huge follower of Judge Hirsch. I've seen him in, in Taxi. I've seen him in Independence Day. I think I've seen the opening credits to Dear John. Um, this is the most I've ever seen the man act. Really? Absolutely. He's got an accent. Uh, like three. He's got three different accents. He is, <laughs> He's got facial expressions of shock and awe. I never see that in Taxi. So you don't know Jed Hirsch outside of this, really? I mean, you know Taxi a little bit, but this is the most you've encountered him? You don't I know mean, him I've encountered kind of him most in Taxi. I've seen yeah. Taxi quite a bit. That's a great character, a great show. Yeah. There's a sense of who Jed Hirsch is from that. And also, you mentioned Dear John, Independence Day, all these shows. He's normally a cranky, cantankerous, kind of, you know, middle-class guy. Yeah. And, but he wasn't in this. In this, he is Dracula. But he's... Judd Hirsch doing a Dracula voice. Yes. That's all he is. Like there's mugging, there's mauling. You're mentioning him flying into the window. Judd Hirsch is very talented. I don't think he's necessarily primed for Sid and Marty Croft like Pratt Falls. No. I mean, this was an ABC special and I believe Taxi was an ABC series. So I think there is some tie in there. I think Taxi was on at the time of this, uh, this special. But kids weren't watching Taxi. A kid wouldn't be like, Jed Hirsch has a new program out. I'd like to check that out. Hopefully one day he'll own a donut shop. No, I'm just saying if, if ABC is going to put together a live action thing, they're going to they're gonna go to their well of uh, network stars. Are all these people in the special network stars? Then, like, why don't we go through the list? Because these are all big names portraying characters in a kid's You're talking special. like there's like more than three. Yeah, I'm talking about the whole cast. I mean, I think after are the- Dracula... Okay, who's the big cat? Because I only know three of these guys. Who do you know? Well, who else do you know? Why don't we do that first? Uh, the the uh, wonderful Marriott Hartley. Yeah, who who does she play? Who's she Marriott plays Hartley the witch, play? um, of course, since she's the only female character. Although that's not true. There's a mom and a, and a little girl. That's true. Uh, but where, where do you know Marriott Hartley from? Like, how do you know her? I know her from the uh, James Garner Polaroid commercials. I don't know if I know those, but that's from the 70s, 80s? 70s and 80s. That's how I was introduced to Marriott Hartley. And I think how I was introduced to James Garner. Um, I I love those commercials. I remember those commercials growing up. Um, and yeah, she's one of those actors that I know as a, as a, as a, as a celebrity, as a figure. But I don't know. I don't know any of her work. No, I think that's a good description, though. She's definitely a name I know from the seventies and eighties. I knew Marriott Hartley. I think I mainly know her as the lady who kind of married Bruce Banner on an episode of The Hulk. <laughs> like I knew her from that. But, but yeah, I mean, she's of everyone in this cast. I was most excited to see her. Actually, not that I knew it was her right away, because she is fun. She is very much of that era, and she does bring something to this character. She's wisecracking. She's sarcastic. You have a question. I sure do. How soon can I be replaced? I quit. What? You quit? But you can't quit. Do you know what it means if you quit? I know, boss. I know you know. I want to know if she knows. It means no more Halloween. The end to a beloved 2,000-year-old tradition. My mind is made up. I quit. Ah, so it was you who started the rumor that there would be no more Halloween, huh? You got it. Why would you do such a thing? Why? Because I can't stand being a witch anymore. I'm tired of all those ugly girl jokes. Tired of being feared instead of loved. Tired of getting less respect than you. And tired of taking orders from you. Why should you be the leader of the monster world and not me? Because! Because I am your superior. In the entire world, I am the king of the monsters. 
Can you ride over the moon on your broom on Halloween night? Hello? Then you're not more important than me. She's the only one in this cast I think I would have liked as a kid. We can get to that in a little the, bit. Like but you're you saying character? I think character, if you call them that, the performances. Because I think sure. all these people are just there to deliver their lines. Because who else did you know in the cast? So far we have Dracula and we have the witch. And I knew Henry Gibson as Igor. Yeah. Where, where do you know Henry Gibson from? Uh, from Laugh-In. That was my... You actually know him from Laugh-In? You watched Laugh-In? Yeah, I watched Laugh-In. Laugh-In was rerun... Um, when I grew up and I watched Laugh-In growing up, I didn't always get it. I didn't understand the counterculture of it. Um, would you have been watching it at the time where you would have been into like a TV special like this? Or were you a little older? Uh, I was a little older and I was seeing reruns of Laugh-In. So, so why do you take a Laugh-In character and stick him on a kid's special? Because Henry Gibson, like I don't know Laugh-In. I know it exists. I never watched it. I knew him. I recognize him from like the Blues Brothers and from Inner Space. And I think. Oh, right. Inner Space. Yeah. I think he might be in the Burbs even. But he's not like. What is he doing in this? Who is he here for? And what what is the he's, character? He's of Igor? Uh, cast against type. He's Igor. I don't actually know if that's cast against type, but he's playing Igor in this. Maybe because he's short. And Igor is like Dracula's servant in this. Story. In this, yeah, because Igor is usually in Frankenstein. Is he in the book, or is that just from the movie? Because I feel like that character always shows up, and I don't know why. Um, I assume he's in the book but i i couldn't tell you for sure tim i'm more of a movie watcher <laughs> and this a 22 minute nauseating <laughs> shot on video cinema marty croft as i've already said before knockoff yeah um so those were the only three people you recognized in the cast yeah you, do you have others yeah well i recognized one other and then i had to look the other two up but um, there's a Frankenstein monster in this movie. Okay. Frankenstein comes stumbling in. And did you not recognize who's playing him? I mean, he looked familiar. Um, but who he looked familiar to me as uh, is, is an actor. And I don't know his name. But he's played Frankenstein before. I think he played the Herman Munster uh, later in life. But I didn't think it was the right age. So I didn't bother to dig into it no that is you're exactly right that's john shuck i think is his name okay he, he was on a show called homes and yo-yo he played a klingon in star trek and then when the new monsters aired yeah he played herman munster so he he's he's kind of i guess shaped like a frankenstein <laughs> yeah he's got the broad chin so it's almost like he got cast in this special and then somebody was like let's bring the monsters back i remember a guy who really made this character click and his portrayal it's pretty common he's doing frankenstein as like a cute kid yeah you know not like the brute who tap sort dances of like a, yeah he's he's a little he's actually a little like a little fay a little bit in his performance he's like playing against the monstrous type and i think we see this i think we, we even kind of saw this in monster squad where he's frankenstein but he also he's a little caring towards the kids so that's that's not how like, the monster is in the original story, but it, it makes sense. Like, and that's a performance. As a kid, maybe I would have found that funny too, because I know that character. You know which performance I found hilarious, and I don't know the actor who played them because you don't see their face. But the mummy in this special is a delight. Are mummies scary? I know they show up in things. I, they were mummies can scary be scary. The original, like the original Universal Mummy movie, I, I think is nice and tense and frightening. Do you? Do you think of them at Halloween? Are they historically a Halloween monster you, you consider or think about? No, not really, because they have become a bit of a butt of jokes, the mummy. And and perhaps it was uh, spawned by this special and our collapsing mummy. 
He does triple. And he's performed by a, a, a performer named Robert Finch, who I don't <clears throat> know anything about other than that he's done a lot of theater. And so maybe that's why he was doing the more theatrical aspects. But yeah, I mean, that character doesn't speak, which I think kind of works for it. You know, it's kind of almost a background character, but it's there to fill out the cast. I mean, the mummy from the Monster Squad I've always found pretty frightening. That's a, that, that's one of my favorite mummies. I'm surprised you're not singling out there's a werewolf in this. There's a, or a wolf man. There's, there's a, a man with an afro and a beard. Yeah. Yeah, he kind of looks like um, Tony Roberts from Annie Hall a little bit. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if you know that. That's Jack Riley, who um, I think you would recognize. He was on the Bob Newhart show as a patient. I, I think he voices one of the parents on Rugrats. Okay. But yeah, I don't know what that characterization is in this. He's, we're told he's a werewolf. He's named Warren, which I think is an actual allusion to Warren Zevon and the Werewolves of London. Oh, but that's nice. I thought it was just alliteration. That could be that too, I guess. I, but it's weird. Like with a werewolf, I always think dual identity, you know, like a Jekyll and Hyde kind of thing. It is very much a Halloween monster, probably because of the moon and the fact that you can kind of do that makeup by ripping your clothes and putting a little face paint on. But but yeah, I I don't even remember what he does. It's a very so they don't use it for anything, and they cast an actual actor that people would know if they're doing all these. It seems like they're weighing the cast with people for the parents, maybe sure. Like here are some for the parents, yeah. And Jack Riley is one of those actors. But yeah, what does the werewolf do in this? I don't recall any he, he part. He howls of his a few times. He does he? Yeah, he's got a. a few comical howls um but that's that's about it i mean honestly nobody really does anything the witch what about the zombie does a zombie the zombie does nothing the zombie walks through with his arms up uh wearing an outfit that i don't quite understand why he's wearing what he's wearing (laughs) he's just three uh three years prior to this he was in one flew over the cuckoo's nest so, and he was also in Santa Claus versus the Martian. So he is an actor. His name is Josie Ellip, I believe. Okay. But yeah, I don't, it, it's, it's a weird hodgepodge of characters. And I'm saying that because most of them are, yes, your traditional Halloween costumes. It makes sense why you bring them together. And that's your opportunity to do something. But they really are just people in Halloween costumes. Right. Is that not enough for a children's Halloween special? No, it's not enough, actually. You need a story. You do, but you also, I think you need, like, I don't know as a kid what I would connect to there. And watching it right from the beginning, I was nauseous. Just because that kind of video <laughs> footage makes me nauseous. It made me think of Land of the Lost, which was a show I watched Saturday mornings. It's overly lit. It's very flat looking. It's very cheap effects. There's some weird blue screen things. And that that was very hard for me to watch. And it got me thinking that as a child... I mean, I watched sitcoms, but I did not watch a lot of live action television. I liked things that were animated, even if they were poorly animated. They were abstract shapes. They were colorful. They were designs. And that's what I was thinking when all these people conglomerate is what a great animated scene it would be to have each of these characters arrive. You know, you wouldn't be held to like the limitations of, well, this actor has to walk in. You could have Frankenstein crash through the wall. You could have the mummy and all the bandages unspiraling. Like the initial hook. Um, it's kind of the same hook that you see in a lot of other um, more animated uh, specials. The It's the Halloween that almost wasn't. In the very opening, there's a news program. Uh, we won't get into the fact that this is happening in Transylvania and everybody is speaking perfect Anglo-English. Um, but 
I think he's talking Dracula ease because he does a lot of the blah blah well, blah. Dracula voice. is, but I'm talking the newscaster, the the family that's watching the news. Um, well, I thought that family. So yeah, they do a little bit of. I think it's worldwide. I think this is being covered by all three major networks at the time. It could, so it I could be. I I saw something that that the kids uh, were in Transylvania watching this news, but I'm not. I, okay. I might have. Well, no, I guess for later in the story, they kind of have to be actually. So okay. yeah. So that hook of the there's a there's a possibility that there won't be a Halloween that would have grabbed me. I wouldn't have realized at the time that that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> there are a lot of plot holes in the general proposal of what the story is. Exactly. There's there's really no way that anything could have stopped Halloween if you choose to do it. You're going to be able to do it. There is a little bit of magic like a magical MacGuffin or whatever you want to call it that I'm willing to accept. They do say that the witch has to fly in front of the moon for it to be officially Halloween. I see. And that's child logic. It's an image. I, I get that. Yeah. And it sets up, this is what's weird. At the beginning, it sets up that there's a rumor, like you said, going around, scuttlebutt, that Dracula doesn't want to do, that he's gathering monsters together to cancel Halloween. Yeah. That's the initial rumor, that he's getting people together to cancel Halloween, which is odd because he is actively getting the monsters together. He calls a meeting of the monsters to figure out why are they saying I'm gathering monsters. It's a weird, self-fulfilling prophecy. Well, I mean, the newscast does that throughout the episode. Things that are happening um, that no one else should know that are happening with this monster squad, for lack of a better term, the news will report on it later. They, the news reported that Dracula had to find the the, the witch and, and offer whatever to, to fix the situation. Um Essentially, it's like coming back from the commercial break, the news report catches you up in case you had missed what was going on. And so I can say that the mood here in Transylvania is one filled with deep gloom and anxiety. For without Halloween, the future of the world's most famous monsters looks very bleak indeed. What's going to happen to us? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? I'll tell you what we are going to do. We are going to the witch's castle. I have a plan, but we have to take her by surprise. So follow me and be quiet. Still, the setup kind of is all the monsters get there. And to his credit, Dracula figures this out before I did. He actually cracks the code before I did. But he realizes that the witch is behind this. The witch, Marion Hartley's witch, is tired of Halloween. She wants to sabotage Halloween. So she started a rumor that Dracula was going to sabotage sabotage it when the power is actually in her hands. Totally in her hands. And if she doesn't fly in front of the moon, it doesn't happen. I mean, I know that that's weird and rickety. But again, it's a kid's special. It makes enough sense. That's our setup. And when he figures that out, she kind of taunts him a little bit. But she also does, and this is what I liked, she expresses why. There's a storyline in this where the witch feels she's not taken seriously. She's saying it's Dracula's holiday. And it's weird because I feel like, well, witches are pretty present in Halloween design. But from her point of view, she wants some of the credit. She wants some of the attention. She wants to dance with Dracula, she says. There is an actual interesting issue in this in that she feels underappreciated by this room of all other male characters. Yeah. And so she wants to cancel Halloween unless she gets to be equal partners in that. And, and that's that's your that should be your plot. Right. 
And what's weird in that is in that plot, your protagonist, your hero, the person you want to follow is the witch. Correct. Like a common theme, I feel like, in Halloween stories is the being accepted for who you are. You know, it's like these monsters are outsiders or, or, or oh, I'm just not fitting in. And then you put on a costume, everybody gets together. And then it's like, but you can be who, who you really are, too. Like, that's the simplistic, dumbed-down theme of a lot of Halloween specials. And it's a fine message. It's weird that we use this Halloween for it or this holiday for it, because that's not what Hall- Halloween was developed for. But all the tools to tell that story are there. So it's, it's odd to me that in this special, because the special does have two titles, The witch is kind of the character we want to get behind and support, but the movie or the special is poised to be that Dracula saves Halloween. That's the um, the, the alternate title to it is the night Dracula saved Halloween. And he's not an active protagonist. He's just a bumbling idiot. Yeah. And he doesn't save Halloween. He doesn't save his career either. This is a rough, it's, it was hard to watch Judd Hirsch in this. I had a hard time sitting through a man who I know is a talented actor who I've seen. And he does good sitcom work. Like Taxi is a great show. It's also sometimes a weird delivery system of lines, but he does that well. He's mugging and mong. He's basically, he feels like the comedian who shows up on the variety special 15 years too late and is still doing their shtick. Like, all oh, the kids were like this, blah, blah, blah. His teeny tiny bat part where he's repeating teeny tiny bat <laughs> while he doesn't actively transform. <laughs> I felt awful. No, that was my favorite part. (laughs) I have an idea, Master. We all know you can turn yourself into a big bat. If you could turn yourself into a teeny tiny bat, you could squeeze through the space under the door. You're, for once in your life, you have a good idea. (laughs) Here goes. Why did you enjoy that? That was my most enjoyable part because it was a little meta. It was just so ridiculous. They weren't doing, I mean, up until then, it was just, you know, freeze the frame, pull him out of the the frame and then, you know, record again. It was just these sharp cuts. And this, thank you, ILM. Instead of doing that, they just did a bit about how he was turning into a teeny tiny bat, and he crouched and said, "Teeny tiny bat." It was, it was the biggest laugh that I had watching this. Really, I love mummy falling down because that's the only part I laughed at is when the mummy tripped. I found that very funny. <laughs> no, I thought teeny tiny bat that that saved the entire twenty six minutes or however long this was for me. You didn't feel bad. For talented, probably Emmy-nominated, I'll have to look that up, thespian Judd Hirsch. I did not. Standing there with the poignant on his Tim, head. Emmy-nominated, this special won an Emmy. Yeah. So no, why would I feel bad? I just felt like it was just ringing painful line readings out of everyone except for Marriott Hartley, this witch. Yeah. And what I don't get is, why isn't it her story? It should have been her story. And why in, is in it a not? lot of ways it was. She kept getting the upper hand, and and she never, you know, Dracula didn't defeat her. Dracula didn't do anything right. except fly into a window and do this weird facial recoil. It just felt like, <laughs> yeah. here's Sid Caesar or Milton Berle thinking they're still relevant. That's all it felt like, and it was, and he was relevant. This is 1979. I guess I'm looking at it with- That was peak Judd Hirsch. That was peak Judd Hirsch. I think if you check the Judd 
Hirsch outputs, he was very well respected at the time. So a lot of people must not have caught this. <laughs> it was hard to watch. And it's also hard to watch because you have adults who I don't think know what's funny. Oh, if they fall down, if we speed up the camera, this is basically saying kids will watch anything. Right. Which is why I'm shocked that kids did. And people have a fond memory of this because I have a hard time. Who are these people? Figuring People online, okay. <laughs> other podcasts. Okay. I don't know, because I didn't really ask anyone if they remember this. Because My honestly, wife did I, not. I watched it with my wife. She had no recollection of it. She's this. very kind to this show. <laughs> to have... I want to say thank you right now, namelessly, to her. <laughs> she did not remember this? This isn't... No, this was not from her childhood at all. Did she enjoy watching it? Was it difficult for her to watch? Yeah, I, like, mean, I had a hard time making it through 23 minutes. Yeah, I say she watched it. Um, she sat on the couch next to me as I watched it and looked at her phone and played Candy Crush or something. Well, that is engaging compared to this because this movie or this special, this this is what, I, again, it's what I think about with like older school comedians, Bob Hope and their variety shows. It's the assumption that someone's going to laugh because I did a double take to the camera or I pursed my lips kind of funny or I fell down or I said teeny tiny bat over and over again. <laughs> And I, I know I would not have enjoyed this as a kid. And I know I'm saying that as an adult, so maybe I'm wrong. I'm just like, the, nothing in this was appealing with the exception of a very funny portrayal of a witch who felt cast out. A witch <laughs> on Halloween feels like she's not part of the scene. And I think there's gender politics you could look at. But if you don't want to go that deep and meaningful, there's also just the idea that she felt like an outsider on a holiday of outsiders, and therefore she did not want to be a part of it. That's interesting. Yeah. And I don't see how that slipped through their fingers. I think it's just an accidental thing that they came across. I don't think... What is an accidental thing? The, the, the idea that they have a story here with this witch that, that was an outsider, that was unintentional. I think Dracula was the star of the show, and they just needed a, an antagonist for him, and it became the witch, and as they created this thing, it turned out the witch was more of the protagonist. Um, and I don't, I mean, who knows? This is just conjecture, but that's kind of how I feel it was. That wasn't their intent. They just wanted some bits and funny, funny Dracula stuff. Um, and lo and behold, in the middle of it all, there's actually some some interesting stuff there with the witch. And why do you think that works in Halloween stories? Because I think that happens a lot. We see, like I was saying before, we see that type of story. Well, it's because it's the it's a time of year where everyone can put on a costume and can choose what costume it is that they want to put on. And you can put on a cheerleader costume if you're not a cheerleader. And, and that's your, like your night to think, okay, I'm, I'm part of the popular group. I'm a cheerleader tonight. Um, and you can have that moment. And so I think it's easy to to turn that into into your holiday special for kids about fitting in and being who you are and not needing to be somebody else and that kind of stuff. Please change your mind. If you don't, there'll be no more Halloween. No more jack-o'-lanterns and pumpkin pies. Worst of all, no more trick-or-treats. No more fun dressing up in costumes to make believe you are someone else. favorite costume because of you. It is? Why? Because you're one of my favorite people. We love you just the way you are. All of the kids feel that way. You really love me?
Do you think a kid could get that from this? Because the special does end with the witch about to say, that's it, Halloween's over. And for reasons I don't understand, two <laughs> children show up. Two little kids show up and they express their affection. The little girl expresses her affection. She said, I want to be a witch. I like being a witch. And that warms the witch's heart, which again, it's always weird in these specials. It's like the monsters have an emotional connection moment, which is almost the antithesis to everything they want to do, but they have it. And therefore she's like, all right, I'll fly in front of the moon, get that blue screen ready. And she does. So there is a, a connection with a child. And that's something too, where I'm like, that child came out of nowhere. Came out of nowhere. I mean, it's the same kids from earlier in the special that that were watching the the news program. So shouldn't it have maybe been their story? Couldn't we have followed them to the castle? That would have been a smart way to take it. That would have been like, uh, what's the name of the mouse hol- uh, hol- holiday special with the mice? Oh, the Twas the Night Before Twas Christmas. The night before That's Christmas. one of my favorite specials. Yeah, where it's you know, a similar situation where <clears throat> this particular town wasn't going to get Christmas that year, or at least wasn't going to get a visit from Santa. And so now- the young mice or that at least one young mouse has to, to fix that. And so that's his story. So these kids should have been smaller. They should have been mice. They should have been mice. <clears throat> but they should have, yeah, they should have been part of it. Or at least every once in a while we get something of them like talking about how to help or something. But nothing. You don't get that though. They don't come up. They're missing they're from missing the special. For, they're, they're in the beginning to give us a little history lesson on Halloween. And then they show up at the end for the, the huge poignant moment with the witch. And a very frightening freeze frame. Oh, my God. And just staring listfully at the camera and they zoom in. And we're meant to think, like, isn't that sweet? Oh, my God. Yeah. That they, the one, the boy was caught in just this hideous look. It's just weird to me because, yeah, I do not connect. And again, I'm a 44-year-old adult. But to try to think of it as a child, I don't connect to anything in the special. And yet online, so many people remember it so well. Do you think this is... is an example of kids will watch anything. I mean, you have two kids. Will they watch whatever's put on in front of them? Well, I mean, we've talked about this before. It's a different world today. Um, they have access to so much more than we had access to at that time. They so, have access to this. Do you think they'd watch this? No, they, they chose not to. I, I suggested they watch it. I said it was a kid show. How did you present it to them what was your pitch um i said that for the for the podcast i had to watch this halloween show uh from when i was a kid about um there not being a a halloween a year there was almost not a halloween and how they i assumed i said how they fixed that um because again i didn't know it and they just didn't want to see it and it's because well maybe it's because you presented it like let's go to work with dad yeah it could be that but it was also because they have so many other things. They can look on their phone. They can go to the computer. They can they can go onto YouTube and watch something else. They can go onto Roku and pick countless streaming channels that have countless movies and TV shows. But what do they pick? I guess because they must be they like Halloween specials, right? They they've seen the the Charlie Brown Halloween special. And they've seen The Nightmare Before Christmas. They enjoy that, if you consider that Halloween or Christmas. I guess it is. I always think that's Christmas. Yeah. But yeah, but, it starts at Halloween. Um, but no, they tend not to... There's not too many, too much else that they've watched. And and I think that's part of the, the nature of the world today. Like, back then, you had three networks. And that's all. And you didn't have, at least I didn't, a VCR. Maybe there were VCRs at that time. And if there were, there wasn't a lot that you could rent or buy. Um, so 
you watched what was on. And so if it was before bedtime, if there was a Halloween special, you watched it, you know, whatever it was. If there were two, then you'd probably pick the animated one over the live action one. But this one had a second life on the Disney Channel, which neither one of us had, so we did not experience it. But plenty of people did. It sounds like they saw it every year. They loved it. They thought it was great. And I guess reading that and thinking about that, having watched this and trying to approach it from some angle, it makes me a little cautious about just this concept of nostalgia, that it's just just the repetition made something memorable. Like there must be things I've watched. The Wizard of Oz used to be like this. I've grown to like it, but for a while it was just assumed you're going to watch that because it's on once a year. But that wore me down. That turned me off of it to a degree because I wasn't invested in it. Now I can watch it. It's a little more fun. But I don't know. Do you think you have things that matter to you or important to you or or resonate with you solely through the repetition of this happened every year? It was a soulless tradition starring Jed Hirsch. Absolutely. You do? Absolutely. I have things like that. I think everybody does. Like what? Do you have an example? Oh, um... I'm trying to think if there's like, well, I mean, um, there is a, a holiday album, uh, the Ray Conniff Singers. The Ray Conniff Singers Halloween album? Uh, holiday. So it's a Christmas, holiday it's a Christmas album. album. Okay. Um, my, my mother had just a few records, and that was one of them. And I am very, very nostalgic for that album. I don't think it's great. I think if you were to play it for anybody today... They would think it's not that great, um, but I absolutely love it. It's ho- it's it's Christmas to me. It's the holidays to me. Um, so when I found it, I got it. I would play it for my wife. She can't stand it, you know, but to me, that's something I absolutely love. Um, and maybe that's not a perfect uh, uh, comparison because it actually, I think it is a quality piece of work. I think there's okay, a, yeah, a so lot of Okay, yeah, so you do art. think it's a quality. I do, I do, but I also think it's it's cheesy. I think to a lot of people, they would find it cheesy. It's a lot of heavy harmonies. There's a, a little extra dose of religion in Frosty the Snowman. Little things like that. That, that I think, The religious story of Frosty the Snowman? There's, there's, Is that a messiah? They, they added a little extra. Um, and God gave him a hat. So that, that comes up. Um, I don't know. I've watched episodes of MacGyver recently. And it's not the greatest television show ever. But I loved MacGyver. And I still love MacGyver. So it's it's things like that because it was there it was repeated I watched it at the time as a kid you don't have you know this this uh, vast array of other things to compare it to that are better because you haven't experienced those things yet except that you do you're saying your daughters do yeah I mean sometimes you do but then there are sometimes I'm saying there are there are certain things that you will see that are the first time you're seeing something like this and so it's it's what you enjoy it's sort of like I've talked about. Uh, covers of songs. Um, the Locomotion, I think, was a cover that I enjoyed from Kylie Minogue. Um, no, maybe it wasn't that because that's not that's not all entirely a great song. But it's like you hear the that's Tiffany a great cover. Great cover. Oh, I think or think I'm alone. Yeah, you hear that, and like that's the greatest thing to you because that's what you hear first. And, and you don't realize until you're older that the original is probably better. But there's no original to this. This is just a crap piece of 22 minutes that for some but reason, is, because of its repetition. Original to it. Because as I was watching it, it's like, okay, this they pulled from a Three Stooges bit. This is the Three Stooges. This is Milton Berle, like you pointed out. Like, it, it's, it's taking other things 
um, and combining them into this. And it's like, oh, the kids will laugh at this. Oh, let's have them all go through different doors, you know, and in fast motion. If, if this is the first time you're seeing something like that, you're really going to enjoy it. You're going to be like, holy shit, that's super funny. And then, but it's not super funny. It, I don't think. When you're a kid and that's the that's the first version of that bit that you've seen, you're going to enjoy that. My kids are doing this now. My, my daughter watches a lot of stuff, made me and asked me to watch stuff with her uh, that I will watch with her just because I want to be a nice dad. It's not good. It's not good what she's watching. Um, Is it Rolly Poly Ollie, whatever that's called? No, I mean, it's it's Minecraft. Uh, I think I've talked to you about this. Some some people will take Minecraft, build build sets in Minecraft, build characters, and do voiceovers and create little shows. That aspect is actually very good. I think that the fact that there are people doing that, that's very cool. The stories they're creating aren't that new or original or great, but my daughter loves them because this is the first time she's seeing uh a romance story play out for her. She hasn't seen When Harry Met Sally. She hasn't seen, you know, uh, something famously uh, romantic. I can't think of anything else but Harry Met Sally. Why is well, that? Well, so When Harry Met Sally or Roboblox <laughs> are the only two things I can think but, of, and that's it. But like, but she's of, also a kid. I mean, you, when she sees those yes. things, do you think she's going to hold on to Minecraft as this is true? Maybe she will. I think by she the way. will. I, I think that's exactly what what you do. You you. You hold that's the nostalgia of it. You hold on to that as being important to you and something you really enjoyed, and it was important, and it maybe it pushed you into the next thing that you enjoyed, and then the next thing that you enjoyed. Um, so yeah, you can, and it's exactly what we do on this show. We go back to things that we hold in high regard, uh, like MacGyver, and rewatch it and realize that it's maybe not the best television there ever was, but at that time it was. And I'm still going to hold MacGyver near and dear to my heart because it meant something to me then. And it helped me realize, you know, what the next thing could be, you know. And I, I think that's... But isn't that nostalgia that comes out of repetition of multiple episodes, something you kept going back to week after week like this? Yeah. I don't know. I just I feel like with this one, with this special, it's lumped together with other Halloween specials. I was watching a promo on YouTube that someone had posted from Disney where it's like all the Halloween specials of the year. And that was fun to watch. It's like... Legend of Sleepy Hollow and some other made-for-Disney movies and this were all fit in there. Sure. I just don't see what's interesting in this and why this would stick out other than the fact that, well, I saw it every year for 12 years, so it's a thing. Like, that's weird to start to start wondering if there are things that I consider important and consider meaningful only because they repeated like that's not that's not actual art it can't be art every time if it's just the same experience every time like that's heartbreaking and i'm trying to think of an example of my own where it's like thundercats maybe thundercats recently came to hulu and that that was a show even as a kid i wasn't crazy about but it was on every day and i loved the opening theme so i watched it i tuned in it was fun it was a little more engaging than i thought i haven't gone back and i'm just like why is this why is this thing that's horrible we'll cut this out that made no sense whatsoever why did i bring up thundercats i mean you can cut it out if you want to but it's it's kind of the same thing it's the thing you watched then and it was in you know maybe it's not i don't know i'm just shocked that halloween being a season and it's and it's weird it's not for your daughters i guess but for so many people it's so meaningful and it's because it's costumes it's because it's an experience with the supernatural that's the thing halloween lets you play around a little bit with something that's scary there is the fun of dressing up different identities and there is 
you know, and a lot of that gets to be really adult and maybe it's a little too scary for little kids. So the way you find to bridge that gap is like, well, here's a, here's a Dracula, here's a Frankenstein, here's a witch, and they're going to fall down. And so suddenly, you, you, you know, the kid finds that part funny. I'm shocked because online, this special, which you're right, won an Emmy and was nominated by th- for three other Emmys and was produced by the same people who produced the first televised uh, two-hour special on the AIDS epidemic. I'm forgetting their name now, but I did look that up. So you have all these things going for it. This special, I don't know. I, it's one of those things where, it's, and now I feel weird because like, who am I to say? But it's actually making me ask, how does this resonate? How does this matter? It's the first time in a very long time, because I thought I was past this, where I'm watching something saying, this is garbage. How does someone like this? I don't normally do that. I probably used to, but I feel like I got past that because like when we do the show and appreciation of pop culture, but with this, I'm just like, all I did was feel bad about it. It wasn't part of my childhood, so I don't have that connection to it. But also I'm just like, I still don't get what's in here for kids to attach it to Halloween other than the sheer repetition. And if it's sheer repetition that keeps it in their mind, if it's the fact that, well, it was just on every year and we had Disney, if that's why it matters, that makes me question my belief in, 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 in the impact of a lot of this stuff, that this stuff does matter. Because if it's just a, a, a factor of repetition over and over makes me like this, then I can't trust that. That's garbage. I, I don't think I fully agree with that. I don't think that it's garbage. I think the I think the the special could be considered garbage, sure. But I don't think the a person's memory of it, fondness of it, um their experiences with it during their childhood can be considered garbage. It was an important moment to them. It was you I know, want to agree with you, but was it really important? Well, maybe it's not just the the fact that this is the show that they liked, but maybe it's the fact that when they watched it, they were surrounded by their sisters and brothers and their mom and dad, and they were also, you know, the house was decorated. Everything about that time of the year was special to them. And so they're combining all those sense memories to this show because that's the show that they watched every year around this time when everything felt good. Um, And so there's no harm in that. That's the nostalgia of it. I don't think there's any harm in that. And I don't think it can take away from the the show itself. All of those kids that loved it back then and will want to watch it now, they're not necessarily watching it now because they want to watch the the mummy fall down again. Which, by the way, if you haven't had a chance to watch, I'll put the... uh... The, 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 the measurement of when in the special happens, hilarious. Yeah. Time code. I'll put the time code in the show notes. That's hilarious. They're watching it to remember their childhood because that is a strong memory to them. And they might be disappointed when they watch it again. I'm sure they're disappointed when they watch it again. I don't know. These reviews were pretty flowering. Hilarious was a word that came up a lot. That's what they remembered it. Are they? Are these? I would love to know if these are reviews of it after having just watched it. I think those are the remembrances of that special time. Maybe. And why am I? Why do I care? I guess is part That's of it. I know we're talking question. about it, 
But why, why am I jumping on this? Because normally I can defend stuff. For some reason, this just felt to me so exploitative of children's taste. It really thinks, this was one of the first things, not the first, but one of the few things I think that we've discussed on the show where I really felt like this was created with the assumption that kids will watch anything. And as it turns out, kids will watch this. So either it's true and kids are idiots or I'm missing something. I'm not getting something in this. Um, I think I think there's some truth to kids will watch anything. I think there's some truth to choices were limited then. Um, even when you got to the Disney Channel, yes, there were further choices. But maybe if you're the thing you were looking for was a Halloween special. I mean, if you're if you're already watching the Disney Channel and this comes up, why not stay there? If you if you're there for Sleepy Hollow, stick around for the time there almost wasn't a Dracula or whatever it's called. They're preempting Dear John for the night. <laughs> Maybe this will be on. And hey, if you happen to have fallen asleep while this show was playing, I assume your podcast player is going to keep playing. And if you like what you heard when it kept playing, why not check out the Not A Holograms website of NAHpods.com. That's the homepage for this show, 20th Century Pop. It's also a connection to a couple other shows that we put out. Um, it always has the most recent episodes. I just Pratt fell. I just Pratt <laughs> fell. It always has the most recent episode up there for streaming, as well as links to all of our past episodes. Uh, you can subscribe to the show there on whatever way it is that you would like to listen to podcasts. Uh, you can also follow the show on both Twitter and Instagram at 20popcast. And I don't normally say this, but you can follow me, Tim Blevins, on those platforms as well at subcultist. Bob, are you ready to cease talking about this special? Um... Yeah, I think I've said my fill of, of yeah. what I have to say. Do you have anything you would like to say during this closing when the music's playing? Sure. I generally will tell you to follow me on Twitter as well, at RH Canning, where you can leave a comment about something from your youth that you know is not the best art, but you absolutely love it because it was the thing you watched every year. I'd like to know what other specials are out there that people enjoy. Maybe we'll watch them next year and talk about them. Maybe we'll just watch this again for Christmas. Yeah, that might be that might work. Did Jed Hirsch do a Christmas special? I'm, I'm picturing him with a pointy elf hat and pointy elf shoes going teeny tiny and then what, candy cane? Manger? Why does everybody find that entertaining? I found it. I, <laughs> I was watching that clip saying, here's a guy who studied acting. <laughs> Here's a guy who, you know, probably did was, you know, lower middle class, worked a lot of jobs, you know, in high school to support his family. And I was like, you know what? I I, I have this acting bug. I was on stage. We were doing uh, Guys and Dolls. And I really like the feeling of inhabiting someone else's clothes and persona. <laughs> I want to make this a reality. And his parents are like, no, you kind of got to take the business. Well, what's the family business? Taxi cab driving, donut shop having your wife leave you. I don't know. It's one of these three things. But he's like, no, I, this is my passion. I want to be an actor. So he worked as a taxi cab driver and he worked <laughs> in a donut shop and he worked as someone whose wife left him just so he could make enough money to go to some sort of learning institution to learn how this acting works. And he pays his dues and bit parts, probably in the background of a Mannix episode, or maybe he had to hold the boom mic on a Beverly Hill Billy's season. You know, and maybe he gets on Broadway, he gets to play a little part in a Neil Simon play about rich New Yorkers, and then he finally gets his big break on television 
finding a show like Taxi, finding you know a TV movie maybe that he's in, and then and then and someone approaches him and says, "Hey, would you like to crash into a window as Dracula?" And he said yes. I have to ask, why did he say yes? Why did he do this? This is Judd Hirsch we're talking about here, not Helen Mirren, who will do anything. I don't remember, and I was very young in 1979, but my favorite like TV personalities were like Big Bird, sure. Kermit the Frog. They weren't Judd Hirsch from no. Taxi. No. They weren't like, is Judd Hirsch going to tell us yellow and green? What can I learn from Judd Hirsch? That wasn't the case. No. It was, no. It was yeah, Big Bird. It was Garfield. Well, not yeah. yet. For occasional me, peanut. A, an occasional peanut. Tiny bat, 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 tiny